Welcome to the Spark Youth Podcast. Spark is the youth ministry of the Enfield and Strathfield Anglican Church. Our mission is to gather to hear God's word, to grow in Christ's likeness, and to go in prayerful proclamation. To find out more about us, you can go to our website at fields.org.au forward slash spark, or you can find us on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash youth underscore of underscore spark. Uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, but you'll probably be aware of what's happened in America, uh, where there's been a school shooting um, of uh, a guy uh, going into a school uh, in Texas, I believe, and um, killing a whole bunch of kids. Um, and you hear the response in the media, and you kind of, we, we get, get so like caught up and frustrated with like the whole debate about gun, gun laws, right? And you kind of just think, isn't it obvious what needs to happen in this situation. It's not we need more guns protecting the school like some people are saying. We need less guns. But this, there, then there's the issue of the families that are grieving, right? And they've, had, they've sent their kids... Like I send my kids off every day. I drive them to school, I drop them off, and then I come home, and then I go and pick them up again. And never have I thought, I'm going to drop them off and not pick them up again. But that is what happened to those families of, of all of those kids. Um, they dropped their kids off at school... And then they get a phone call, they come back to a waiting area, and I heard reports of people um, sitting in there waiting to, for their kid to hopefully come out and then hearing the heartbreaking news that one of their kids was one, one of the ones that was killed. And imagine how tragic that is. And then, and then the, the kid, the, the person who, who did the shooting, well, he gets shot, which in a way you think that's justice, but then there's not justice because apparently the police waited a whole period of time, 45 minutes or something, because they got the situation wrong. They were told that he had barricaded himself when instead he still had hostages. And so there was all that time there. You think, oh, God, why didn't they go in earlier and do something about it? And now that that guy's dead, like, kind of just feels like there's still no justice. It feels like that, that, that kid is gone. Nothing can replace my child. And with, this is the world we live in, right? Like where this sort of thing happens, and it's not just happening once. It hap- it's happened a few times in America. And I'm sure you all know situations, even in, in Australia, where tragedy um, strikes. And it leaves us kind of going, God, what are you, you going to do about this, right? And I think this passage is speaking to that issue. But, but first, I just wanted to give a little bit of context. Um, as we think about, like, the tragedy and the injustice that we experience. I think this passage will help. But firstly, what we've seen is this whole book is about the temple being rebuilt. So the temple um, had been destroyed uh, because Israel had sinned and they were exiled to Babylon. And now people are starting to come back and rebuild. But the temple they're rebuilding is much smaller. And so there are all these visions about the temple, about what God's going to do not what man is going to do to rebuild the temple. And in chapter 3, what we saw was God is going to install his own priest and that priest, um, who's, who was Joshua at the time, um, God was going to cleanse him of his sin so that he could make sacrifices again so that God's people could be cleansed. And, and then we get this, this, um, these last couple of um, uh, visions and they're just... There's something to do with the temple, right? There's something to do with what God's doing with the temple, but it's a bit confusing. So God's, God's made a way for us to be forgiven 
What's this next passage about? And I actually think this next passage is actually a little bit like the gospel, a little bit like Romans. It's saying, okay, if God's forgiven you, then what? I think that's what's going on in this passage. But first, um, uh, let's have a look at what these various visions are about. And I think the, the first point and the main point is that God is going to judge the wicked. God's going to judge sin. Uh, I think that's the main thing that's going on here. So if you've got the passage looking up here. Um, I looked again and there before me was a flying scroll. And he asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll, 20 cubits long and 10 cubits wide. And he said to me, this is the curse that is going out over the whole land. For according to what it says on one side, every thief will be banished. And according to what it says on the other, everyone who swears falsely will be banished. The Lord Almighty declares, I will send it out and it will enter the house of the thief and the house of anyone who swears falsely in my name. Remain in that house and destroy it completely, both its timbers and its stones. Okay, this is just weird, okay? And it's not just a normal scroll, right? It's a huge scroll, gigantic. What is going on here? Well, there's another reference to a scroll and it's in Ezekiel chapter 2. And in that scroll... um, with that scroll, Ezekiel is told by God to eat it and it's going to taste bitter, sweet and then bitter. And why? Is Because that's the message of judgment that Ezekiel was to preach to God's people. And in a similar way, we've got a scroll, but it's no longer a man who's sending this scroll, this word out of judgment. It's God sending this scroll out. And so really just think the scroll, it's just a message of judgment. And that scroll is the point is it's inescapable, right? Because what you do, if you want to get away from a problem, the safe place you go is your home, right? And the, the problem here, for those who think they're safe from God, is the scroll, that message of judgment is going to enter everyone's house. There will be no escape from God's judgment. And... Thinking about um, that idea of the curse that's mentioned here, what, what is this idea of, um, you know, the thief swearing falsely, um, the curse, verse 3, what's that? If you go back to Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy chapter 28, and it's one of those passages, if you don't memorise this passage, you should, because it's where God promises blessings and curses. And, in, in, and after he's talked about blessings for obedience... He talks about curses for disobedience and he says, But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. The idea of overtake you is you're running and then a horse overtakes you. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed should you be in the field. Cursed shall you be in the basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb. And the fruit of the ground will increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in to your house. Cursed shall you be when you go out of your house. So here it's really saying, hey, do you remember that curse from Deuteronomy chapter 28? That curse is coming and it's closer now than it ever was. And you're not going to be able to escape it. And so why does it mention um, swearing falsely in thieves? I think it's just a way of summarizing the whole law. Because um, swearing falsely is like the first five commandments against God. 
when you swear falsely, you're, you're taking an oath against God. You're not meant to do that. So it represents the first five commandments. The next five commandments, you shall not um, steal. That's like you shall not love your neighbor. That's the second table of the law. So God's saying, for all those who have um, rejected the law, disobeyed the law, this word of judgment is coming. And so for us, if we reflect back over our last week, uh, you know, if we think about the Ten Commandments, if we think about whether we've lied or whether we've stolen, um, whether we've used God's name in vain, whether we've lusted, right? We, no one will escape that day, right? That, that, that word of judgment is coming. But I also want to say, I also want to say this is a word of comfort. And I'll, I'll get to why I think it's a word of comfort. If you have a look at the next vision, it says... Um, then the angel who was speaking to me came forward and said to me, look up and see what is happening, what is appearing. I asked, what is it? He replied, it is a basket. And he added, this is iniquity of the people throughout the land. Then the cover of um, lead was raised and there in the basket sat a woman. He said, this is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and pushed its lead cover down on it. Then I looked up and there before me were two women with the wing, wind in their wings and they had wings like those of a stork and they lifted up the basket between heaven and earth. And then just the next bit. Where are they taking the basket, I asked the angel who was speaking to me. He replied, to the country of Babylonia to build a house for it. When the house is ready, the basket will be set in its place. Um, and then, yeah, so pause this there. So here's, this is just confusing, and I'm just going to try and draw it to illustrate. What is going on here? I think it, the imagery is you kind of, if you have the, um, the Ark of the Covenant, right? It was a box in it. The Ten Commandments were in there, right? The two tables of the law. And on it, you had the Ark of the Covenant and you had these two angels with their wings over it like that. And I think what's going on here is you've almost got like um, this, this kind of um, flipped up version of, of the Ark of the Covenant. Instead of God's law being in, in, the, in the box, you've got a woman who represents iniquity. Why a woman? Because I think it's referring to in those days... The gods that a lot of the Israelites ended up worshipping, the idols, were Asherah. And Asherah is like a female goddess. Um, And so I think the female goddess is kind of represented as sin, the sin that Israel was worshipping. And that is in in the box. And then these two women who have wings, kind of like the cherubim on top of the box, they're there and then they take it away. The point is, don't get too caught up on the box. I think the point is God is taking iniquity and he's going to take it away. He's going to remove it from God's people. And I, I think this is meant to be a word of comfort for us. Um, because I think in the same way today, like we need, we need that same message of comfort. Because if we reflect back on the Ten Commandments, if I, okay, I'll, let, let, me, let me do an exercise with all of you. If I'll get all of you up, everyone stand up for a second. <sighs> okay, I'm going to go through the Ten Commandments, right? I just mentioned a couple of them. Okay, so sit down if you have ever committed adultery. That is, slept with someone who's um, not your husband or wife. Slept with someone else's husband or wife. Okay, doing, doing well? That's good, that's good. Okay, um, Jesus said, you shall not commit adultery. And then he also says, what that means is you shall not lust in your heart. So sit down if you've ever thought an inappropriate thought about somebody else, like of the opposite gender. Uh, 
ever done that before? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit down so I would be out, right? An impure thought. You know what I'm saying, right? Okay. All right. Everyone back up. I'll give you another go. So half, half kind of went down. Okay. Have you ever murdered before? Oh, damn. Get, call the cops. Um, okay. Jesus says if you've ever been angry in your heart, you've committed murder in your heart. Sit down if you've ever been Okay. All right. All right. You're all down. That's just two commandments. Get up. I'll give you one more chance. Give you one more chance. God's not going to give you another chance in this sense, but get up. The last, the last one I want to say is, says you shall, guys, last couple people up. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not lie. Sit down if you ever lied before. Okay. Right? Right? If those two commandments represent the whole law, all of us, have failed at keeping the law. So that word of judgment is coming into our house and you will not escape it. I will not escape it. But God says he's going to take that sin and he's going to take it away. Kind of like the two, the two goats. One of them was sacrificed and the other one was sent into the wilderness. It's God sends it away. And, that, and I think that's, that's what God does with Jesus, right? Jesus comes and he takes the punishment so that that sin, um, some, the Psalms say, is removed as far as east is from west. It's removed from us. So when Jesus is on, on the cross taking that punishment, he's taking all of those laws that we've disobeyed and he's taking them on ourselves so that God can then take them away. In other words, plunge them into a deep pit where we will never have to be confronted with them again before God. So you trusted in Jesus. All of that sin, the guilt of it, is taken by Jesus. And that's really good news. So the gospel is, is a word of comfort, not only because um, it offers us forgiveness, but I think it's also a word of comfort because the thief, if we go back to the first slide, the thief and the person who swears falsely, God will judge them. And can I tell you, this is a great word of comfort to me today. I'll tell you why. Because last night, um, my family and I, we went out to dinner at um, about 6.15 to a church dinner. Came back home and Pip said, oh, Mike, you left all the wardrobes on and um, open and the lights on in, in, in our bedroom. Well, that's a weird thing to do. And I said, I'm sorry. So I went into the house. I went to go and close the cupboards and, you know, all of that. And then I found that um, the mattress had been turned over and all the drawers were open and all of Pip's jewellery was everywhere. And even in Anastasia's room... All of the, cu- the drawers were taken out. All of the stuff in there all over the floor. Someone had robbed our house last night. Yep. Um, they had got in through the door on our balcony, jumped onto the ground floor balcony. They'd cut through the wire of the, our screen door. They got something and they jimmied open the lock so there's damage. It was kind of bent in. and They opened the door to our balcony door. They went in, they were obviously watching me as I left with the kids. Uh, they went in and they robbed us. And um, it's really sad because my wife had uh, a family ring um, that was passed down to her worth $10,000. And they have stolen that ring. And they also took the watch that my dad gave me. Um, yeah, so they didn't take the laptops, they didn't take any technology. They, they went to the jewelry and they took the most valuable things that we had. I have. Thankfully, we have insurance, but we didn't 
specify the ring being $10,000. So we only get back really $1,500 of that, right? But it's more than that. It's a pro- the, my, my wife's twin sister has the exact a copy of it, so they both share the same ring. And so that, that very precious ring was taken, right? And the police are coming over today to do, to do fingerprints. And so this passage today is particularly comforting to me because the moment I came home and found out what had gone on and we called the cops, I'm just thinking, why, Lord? Like, why would you let this happen, right? And I guess the longer we go on in life, right, the more of this sort of thing will happen to you, like it did to me last night, and the more you, you kind of think, oh, I just kind of wish I was in heaven now, right? Um, and so I actually think this word is actually a word of comfort. It's comfort to me. I'm thankful that God gave it to us this week after yesterday, last night. It's a, it's a word that one day that, that, that thief that stole that ring and my watch, um, who's out there, you know, making all this money and probably having a really good day today somewhere, one day that word of judgment is going to come into that house and, 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 and he will be held accountable, even if we never find him. So, so God's word is a real comfort. And I need, I'm, I'm really glad I'm hearing God's word today because otherwise I would be really angry and sad and confused. And, and I think we need to be keep reminding each other of the gospel because you don't know with your friends here what kind of day they'd had. I bet none of you when I walked in here thought, oh, look, looks like Mike's really sad, you know. I wonder why maybe he's been robbed. I'm sure none of you thought that had happened to me today, right? And, and maybe there are other people here. Maybe it's not this week, but in a couple of weeks' time. I know there are two people here at the moment, like their grandfather's passed away, but, but, um, who might not be here but in our community. But there are people that have maybe have had wrongs done to them and they're feeling really down. And the, the gospel is a word of comfort, right? That one day the thief will, will be judged, right? God will, no, no one will escape. And so we need to keep preaching the gospel to each other, even if it seems boring, and we've heard it a million times. It's, so, it's actually, such, I've heard this before, but it's such a comfort to me today to know that God will, will bring justice. But you know what? The other thing we, I should be doing, we should all be praying. I should be praying for that thief, that he comes to know the Lord Jesus. Because at the end of the day, even if, you know, even if things are stolen, like we've all stolen or done, disobeyed. It's, it's not like I'm any better than him. He needs the gospel. So in a moment, I'm going to pray for him and I'm going to be praying for us. The last thing I wanted to say from this passage is the good, the good news that goes with that comfort is the last, para, the last vision, chapter 6. Can you go to the last slide? I don't want to go through the horses and everything. The la- only thing I want to say in verse 8 is, then he called to me and said, look, those going towards the north country have given, me, given my spirit rest in the land of the north. What's that saying? The north country is where enemies come from. And it's saying, my spirit, um, those going towards the north country have given my spirit rest in the land of the north. In other words, God's people um, will be in a place with God's spirit where enemies will no longer harm them. Because that's where the enemies were. So... Being in the north country and finding rest means there's no more enemies. And I think that's, that's, the other, that's the comfort we have. There'll be no more thieves. There'll be no more people breaking in. There'll be no more people gossiping about us, right? We will, one day, like that, we will rest in heaven where all of our enemies will be judged by God and put away and we'll have unceasing rest. And that's a great comfort. So how about I pray for, as we look, that we'll look forward to that comfort 
and that will share this word of comfort as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for this uh, word today. We thank you that um, your word is relevant, even if sometimes it's confusing. Um, We just thank you that you will judge wickedness, that you will um, bring an end to sin, and and that for those of us who've trusted in Jesus, um, that sin will be carried away um, because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so help us to keep comforting each other with the gospel words as we look forward to that day of rest. And I pray for this thief who has robbed me. I pray that, um, that he would come to know Jesus and that he would find um, the security that the gospel brings of, of entering into a place where thieves can no longer break in and steal and moth and rust do not destroy, um, where we're with you. And so we thank you for this word of comfort today in Jesus' name. Amen.